Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Everybody and welcome to episode 160 of Empty Betters. I'm your host Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host Nick Manella. How we doing, my friend? We are doing quite well because guess what week it is, gentlemen. It is the best sporting week of the year. Like March Madness starts awesome. Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. Don't call me. Don't text me. You're not getting responses. I am going to be a human potato on my couch, one hand in a cooler, the other hand in a chip bag or a box of wings. It's going to be glorious. That sounds absolutely amazing. little outdoor TV action for you in the future, I could sense. Oh, yeah. A little bit of that. Get the fire going. That'll be a fun time. Um, Speaking of March Madness, before I forget, because we know I do that every time, we have an interview with good friends of the program, Garrett Szymanski and Corey Goldstein, dear friends of Nick and mine from college. They're college basketball fanatics. Live, breathe, shit, piss, all of it. That's what they do. Uh, That interview will preview the first round of March Madness, as well as them giving their final four picks, some value picks to win it all. It's an awesome segment, about 30 minutes long. We're going to smack that in the middle of the episode after we do the discussion portion. Just wanted to get that out there. Um, speaking of March Madness, Mac, I want to introduce you. You're wearing your Marquette gear. I know that they have a big weekend coming up. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, but uh, honestly, I would like that game to just happen sooner rather than later because uh, of comments like the one you just made. Like Everyone I know has texted me like, hey, like your team's looking. Should I pick them? They're looking pretty good going into this. And I'm like, shut up. That's what they want, though. They're like hitting you up being like, hey, like this must be fun. So like, what's the deal here? <laughs> like, do yeah. I pick your team or not? And honestly, my answer, as you'll hear later in the uh, interview, is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I should <laughs> pick them. But uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I feel like you and I would both want our first matchups to be over with in a very favorable manner because should they go favorably, yeah. Sparty and Marquette will meet each other in the second round. Which, which could... I can, I can, as much as you and I might be mortal enemies that day, I can definitely confidently tell you I will be rooting for whichever team wins that game to go further in the tournament. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially when Duke's in your portion of the brackets. Yeah, no, I will definitely be all Sparty if we lose that game, if we get to that game. Right. (laughs) If you, yeah, we might not ever have the match. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Um, Yep. March Madness is coming right at us this week. So um, not as much hockey news to talk about today. We do have some things, but like I said, that interview in the middle of the episode, about 30 minutes long, it's going to give you some great insight. It's uh, always a pleasure having some guests on that are friends of the program that we know personally. All right, let's get into it. But before we do, a little question of the day that's brought to you by Brackish Life. Mac, I will let you explain yourself on this one. I'm not even going to say what the topic is because I don't quite understand it. Well, it's a pretty, it's a pretty classic one. You know, I, I feel like a lot of weeks I, I dig deep and I, you know, I pull up something really obscure, but some weeks you just need to ask a question that historians have been asking themselves for decades and decades and, you know, has never 
really been able to come out with a true correct answer. So maybe we can get, get to one today. Um, so I'm sure you guys have probably heard a question like this or, or asked it of your friends and family before. So here goes. Um, what popular, what popular sandwich, uh, would be the worst party guest? Oh, I think I have a good one for this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like you can go egg, first. Egg salad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is it just for the obvious reason of like, yeah, like smells steak? probably shows up and just like <laughs> complains about everything the whole time. Uh huh. Okay. I can just see like that. rubs everyone the wrong way, except for like the person he or she is married to. Um, uh huh. You know, sure. Yeah. Hmm. First thing that came into my brain. That's a good answer. It's a good answer. Yeah. Harry, do Why you have it? a thought? I, I, I'm I'm reminiscing on our conversation about mayonnaise-based salads. Right. And I, I, could... I am I am now having flashbacks of my thoughts of chicken salad. And now I'm thinking about chicken salad sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that might not be the best guest to bring to a party. Yeah. I mean, I'm and, and keep in mind, this is uh, I'm picturing like a sandwich party, like all the sandwiches are hanging out at a party, <laughs> like the movie sausage party, but with sandwiches. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like it like you've got Italian sitting <laughs> over there on the couch and he's shooting the shit with cheesesteak and they're like watching right. watching a movie or something. And then there's, you know, in the in the other room making drinks, you've got tuna sub, you've got shrimp po' boy and you've got Ooh, BLT, like, you know, yeah, BLTs over there probably cooking cooking something up. But... Cubans in there, grilled cheese, yeah. like yeah, all the major players are there. French it's a meeting dip. of the minds, if you will. <laughs> French sandwich <dip>. summit. <laughs> yes, sandwich summit, sandwich con, <laughs> sandwich con twenty twenty. There's not enough THC in this conversation. <laughs> I'm going chicken salad. Okay, I yeah, I could see that. So similar, but you're both going with salad base sandwich being the worst i mean that seems a little prejudiced don't you think indeed <laughs> yeah but like i couldn't really think of like a worse one like i guess like i don't know i feel like a, a meatball sub would not be the best like party <laughs> guest that is a good one that is a good one dropping saucer meatballs all over your carpet <laughs> yeah I, I can tell you, I think who would be the the most hated would be like an open face, you know? This much thought invested. I can't believe this conversation uh, is happening. Uh, all right, what uh, kind of like open face though are we talking? You know, like one of those like uh, Thanksgiving like tur like turkey yeah. dinner type sandwiches. Okay. He's soaking, he shows up soaking <laughs> wet. He's got the gravy all over him. He's 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 like horizontal, right? He's not vertical, so he takes up a ton of space. Everyone's like, dude, what? Oh. like you're in the way. Oh man, yeah. this is this is special. Yeah. <laughs> I have one last question as an add-on to this yeah. that you posted on Twitter and I have not seen the results. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Your visit to Chipotle. Can you please share your in-depth analysis? I on can. I can. While we're on the subject of food. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for, yeah, I was at Chipotle earlier today and you know, how they got the hot sauces like by the little condiment station and drink station. Um, for those who aren't familiar, you know, you can take a classic red hot sauce bottle. You can take a green like jalapeno pepper uh, hot sauce bottle or they have like the dark red Chipotle uh, <laughs> bottle. 
And you can take one of those three back to your table. And, you know, it's common for people to do this. I do it all the time. I pose the question, what is the best one? And I think there's a clear cut answer, but I also think that my clear cut answer is probably not what most people would say. So it's not the original one. I don't get me wrong. I enjoy a red pepper hot sauce, but Tabasco, sorry, boomers, is not the greatest thing under the sun when it comes to that. I would take normal Texas Pete over Tabasco any day of the week. Yeah. I'm going to go with the green one. Good answer. You know, I here's what I'll say. I think the green one is the best one to use on Chipotle. But yes, if you made that true, if you made me use one universally, I'd probably pick the, the Chipotle one, the brown one. Yeah. So here's why. Here's my issue with the brown one. I love that one. And I actually used to use it a lot on my Chipotle. But as I've like done it more, I've realized that anything you put that one on, it just only tastes like that now. That's the problem. And so I would put that on like bad food. You know what I mean? Like if you have a meal and you're like, ah, this isn't great or it's like just not got enough flavor, you could always like throw that on to just kind of like make it good, make it spice it up a little bit. It's funny you say that because it like, to me, it tastes like Chipotle from college because I would use it so much there. Yeah, right. But like on bland uh, chicken, it's good. Yeah. Yes, totally, totally. But no, the uh, the green one I think just adds to it in in the best way. Oh, like it complements most most food better. What, but what was the result of that Twitter poll? You know, it's a twenty four hour poll. I forgot to like make it shorter. Um, but I can give you some live results here. I haven't even looked at it once since I posted it. <laughs> but here we are, and the results are, oh wow. Yeah, I kind of expected this. Dark red Chipotle Tabasco is at 54%. Then we've got Ooh. green pepper Tabasco at 33%. And the classic red at a 13. Okay. Uh, and that's only with 15, 15 votes total. So there's really... Very large not, sample size. Not a, yeah, not a... That's why, that's why we did 24 hours, you know? There you go. Absolutely. Okay. Which sandwich would make the best party guest? Like, because now we... Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Spicy Italian. Done, okay, done. There we go. Cheesesteak. Yeah. I feel like there. the cheesesteak actually would. Cheesesteak would definitely be just like the chillest hang. Yeah. Last sandwich comment. D- Jersey Mike's Mike's way with the vinegar thing. Yeah. Amazing. Fucking unbelievable. Yep. Thirteen. Always, always get the jumbo though. The giant. Yes. Sorry. It's called the giant. Way better bang for your buck. Yes. Love that. All right. Now that we, uh, I don't even know what that was, but that was a great conversation. I was, and now sports. And now sports and the reason you came here, probably Um, that sandwich segment was brought to you by Brackish Life. And if you're like us and you grew up on the water and outdoors and love sandwiches, then this gear is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies, hats and homemade salsas that you can put on your sandwiches. Indeed, they do. If you want to check out Brackish Life and learn a little bit more about them, check out www dot brackish dot life to check them out i think they also have um big al's crab seasoning too that's pretty good on like french fries your sandwiches all that kind of stuff they do absolutely and just to clarify i used to do this a lot it's not brackish dot life dot com it's just brackish dot life don't get the dot com mixed up but yes they do have condiments that you can put on your uh your favorite and least favorite sandwiches so moving on we are going to get to the league news. Uh, we talked about it last week, but it is officially official. 
Uh, last week, we were talking about the Boston Bruins being the fastest team in history to 100 points. They are now the fastest team in history to 50 wins after they won their game Saturday in a comeback victory over the Detroit Red Wings. The Bruins are now 59-5 and on the campaign with 105 points through 64 games. They are on pace to break the 77-78 Montreal Canadiens NHL record of 132 points in a season. The Bruins have also punched their ticket officially to the Stanley Cup playoffs with a month to spare in the regular season. I mean, we've talked about it several times. I know you guys said last week it would be a real shame if they lost, and we understand that. Do you think the Bruins will break the record that the Canadians have? I, unless they start putting people on the shelf to rest them for the playoffs, I don't see why not. Um, I think anytime you talk about you know the NHL and – um breaking records there's like three different like eras of records that stand out to you it's anything Gretzky points or goal scoring related probably anything the Penguins or the Red Wings did as a team in the 90s and then anything the Canadians did as a team in the 70s so I mean yeah those guys were the best hockey program in the world at that point so um that is by no means a small feat yeah. yeah, I mean, they'll either do it or they'll be knocking on the door and get real close. Here's a better question. Do you think they care? No, that's what I was going to say is the only thing. No. I feel like it's one of those stats that the only reason they might not do it is because they're just not even worried about it, not paying attention to it. And they're like, just focused on the playoffs already. You know, that's where your focus has got to be. And and like Nick said, they may well be resting guys if they uh, once they've got, you know, the positioning is locked up and all that. I think they very well may start resting some guys. It's a little bit of a meaningless stat too, if you think about it, because a regular season with 132 points in 1977 was probably pretty reasonable for the best hockey program in the, on the planet when there's less than 20 NHL teams total. Yeah, that's fair. And I think with the lightning and what happened to them in 2019, I feel like it kind of just killed all the luster around that. Um, Cause it's like, Oh, you did that. Well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. No, I mean, like totally on right. paper, like, will you be remembered in 20 years? Yeah. But not until those 20 years have passed and someone brings you up because someone else is close to your record. And then someone's going to go on and be like, Oh, I wonder what that team did after that and see that you lost in the first round. And be right. like, Oh, cool. I don't care anymore. And just a reminder, because I'm reminded of this every week we talk about the bees. All three of us had them missing the playoffs in our season previews, yep. and now they're going to be the greatest. So are we team. all doubling down and saying they're going to lose in the first round? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <They're laughs> yeah, they might win a game. You know, who would you root for in a Pittsburgh Boston first round? Boston. Dmitry Skorlov. Yeah, Garnett Hathaway. Fuck you guys. All right, yeah. Todd Rudin. Isn't that enough of a sell job? You're not going to root for your ex-coach? Well, no, he never technically worked for the Caps. He was working yeah. for the Penguins uh, as right. a like double Hextall, agent. Like yeah. Hextall, yeah. he's like a spy. <laughs> yes, I understand. Yes. I, I am familiar with yep. the concept. Um, speaking of Flyers GMs, Chuck Fletcher, he's officially been shit-canned after four seasons as general manager in Philadelphia. Danny Briere will take over as his interim replacement. I mean, this just seemed way overdue. Yeah, Flyers... Flyers Twitter seemed like they were calling for this guy's head for like more than even just this season, but especially so this season. So 
long yeah. time coming. This was the right move. It was just about two and a half years overdue. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he's also the guy, I believe, before he got to Philly, he was the guy in Minnesota who gave Suter or Sutter, whatever, and Suter. Parise those massive deals that were like 11 years long. That the matching 13 by seven and a half or whatever it was. Pretty sure he was the guy who signed off on that. So yeah. not a great track record, if we're being honest here. Because um, those deals just aged. Perfect. Just so like, well. Just like Suter and Parise did. Like fine wine. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly for league news, uh, Andre Sveshnikov just came out today that he has a season-ending torn ACL injury. He was third on the Hurricanes in goals and tied for second in on the team in points. I mean, this one's just brutal. A team who is probably the only team that is in the Eastern Conference that has a legit chance to upset Boston, and they just lost arguably their best offensive weapon. Absolutely. I mean, I think you nailed that. This is a big deal, and I don't know why it's not getting talked about as much by this point in the day. I mean, that news broke at around 1 or 2. It's 8 p.m. now on the East Coast, and um, I feel like we're the first people talking about it here. But, yeah, um, that's their stud. That's their guy. I mean, him or Ajo, so I don't know what that's going to change in their, their roster. I don't know who steps in there, but... I totally agree. That's the team that you're probably looking at saying they've got the best chance to beat the Bruins. Yeah. And you look at where they're at in the standings. I mean, the real question now I think becomes, and I would pose this to you two, are the New Jersey devils going to win the Metro this year? I think so. I think they're going to do that feels crazy to say, but yeah, they're, they're, they're humming right now. The the devils are for real. I mean, for those that don't know devils and the hurricanes both have 94 points in the standings tied for first technically. Um, but canes are technically in first cause they played one last game. So, um, that's where we're at and no one's really close to them in third place. Rangers have 84. So 10 less points. Um, yeah, I definitely think devils are the favorite to win now. Uh, fun fact about the Devils, that is another team that the three of us had missing the playoffs. Yeah, we kind of went old school with uh, our picks, and it just didn't really age I that I will well, say, but... uh, you know, the Boston one, whatever, maybe we ate a little bit of shit on that one, but New Jersey, nobody had them Nobody in. saw Nobody us, had yeah. them in, so we're, uh, we're not alone in that one. Well, let's move on to the discussion segment where we are going to talk about the East wildcard race. We can start off with that, and then we'll chat a little bit of New York Rangers and Tampa Bay Lightning. But before we do, I think Nick has a word from our sponsor, Kane Footwear. That's right. Uh, we are always happy to be sponsored by Kane Footwear, as you guys know. Uh, but did you not? You might not know that Kane came out with Kids Revive the other day, which is awesome. So now you and your child can recover from your active lifestyle the way that you were always intended to. The Cane Revive is made with bounce-back foam, made with sugar cane technology. It's good for the environment, good for your knees, good for your back, good for you, good for your health. Go get one at the link in our bio today to check it out. I actually just bought my first new pair since we uh, partnered with them. Nice. Which ones um, did you get? It's a collab. I, I don't know who the guy is, but um, the colorway was pretty sweet. I think it's a guy named Frankie Dades. Um, it's like a Frankie Dades collection. I think he's a firefighter. So it's like red. And then the bottom is like this cream color. Big fan of the way it looks. So uh, ditching the uh, all white look for something a little more, nice. a little more bold. New summer, new you. There you exactly. Go. There you go. 
All right, Eastern Wild Card race. Let's run through the standings. As Mac mentioned, uh, the Metro, we've got Carolina and New Jersey tied for first with 94 points. Rangers in third with 84 points. And then in the Atlantic, we have the top three being Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay. Um, based on the way things are going with those three, I don't see that seating changing too much. Here's where it gets interesting, the wild card position. We got Pittsburgh with the first wild card with 78 points. Uh, the Islanders with the second wild card with 76 points. And then everyone below them, we've got Florida, Buffalo, Washington, and Ottawa. Um, Florida's trailing by three points for that second spot. Buffalo by two, uh, or I'm sorry, five. Um, Washington trailing by five and Ottawa trailing by six. If you believe in advanced analytics, Money Puck has basically said, moneypuck.com that is, that Pittsburgh and New York are basically locks at this point. I don't know if I believe that, but. I don't know if I believe that. I could see it, especially with the way that the scheduling is going um, for those two teams and the teams around them for like the last couple of uh, weeks leading up to the end of the regular season. Um, They win three games. It's probably locked up. Yeah, and we're not including like the games played factor. I mean, I think that um, Pittsburgh's got a couple games in hand here. So does Buffalo. It's finally evened out a little bit. It seemed yes, like the yeah. last week or two that we were talking about this, certain teams had played like five less games than other ones or whatever. I just looked and I think everyone is uh, in, everyone you just mentioned that's in that wild card race, I think has played 66, 67 or 68 at the time that we're recording this. Correct. So at least they're all kind of right in that realm now. I will add though, I mean, yeah, I think I'd be more comfortable saying that those two are locked in Pittsburgh and NYI. Uh, this time next week, probably, and it probably will happen. But I'd like to see how those Penguins Rangers games play out first. Um, I think those are going to be really important to, to kind of see if the Penguins can prove that uh, they can beat those teams. I know they just beat the Rangers, but I think what was that stat, Harry, that you sent me recently? Uh, yeah. where the, the Penguins had played like I think it was uh, Carolina, Rangers, Islanders, Boston was in there too, I think, and Carolina. And they played those Jersey. teams, yeah, what, 16 games and zero wins total across yeah. all of them or something until just the other night when they beat the Rangers. So, Which took know. overtime and a blown yeah. two-goal lead. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I'll probably – that probably will be what happens, but I'd like to see the Penguins. They they play the Rangers two more times this week, so let's see how that goes first. And I know the Islanders still have the Caps a couple times. Uh, but other than that, huge games. Other than that, though, the Islanders' schedule is like – dumb it's like arizona anaheim like it's like a bunch of and the caps have the islanders twice the rangers twice counting tonight tampa bay florida i think buffalo's in there and tampa yeah you said that um new New jersey one more time boston one more time yeah it's bad it's bad i i would honestly say I mean, Buffalo has not looked themselves lately. They came out gunning after the All-Star break, and now they've kind of trailed off. Ottawa all of a sudden looks bad, too. They just dropped two games on their uh, West Coast trip last night being to Calgary. I think Florida has the best chance to be the outsiders who have a chance to get inside. I think maybe they could overtake the Islanders. I think after this past week, especially with that, that was a bad beat for the Sens in Calgary. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Something's just not, they were looking so good. And now all of a sudden they just have kind of fallen apart. 
I agree with what you said uh, with with Buffalo too. I, I really wanted them to to kind of make more of a push here because you know if the Caps aren't making, it, I, I would love to see a team like Buffalo squeeze in there. But um, yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to happen based on what we've seen recently. One yeah. more thing that I will say about it is that um, the Islanders are the most boring. Like I, I'm sorry, I even <laughs> like I like the Islanders. I really do. My mom, you know, she's an Islander fan at heart. I've got family there. I can I can get behind the Islanders sometimes. But if we're talking about it like like truly, I don't think anyone wants to see the Islanders take on like any of those teams right now in in that like potential postseason bracket that we'd be looking at. I would much rather see Buffalo, Washington, Ottawa, even. Am right, I alone ask, there? Am I alone? No, I don't. I don't think you're alone. I think I think other teams would be more exciting in terms of goals. But I, I will just say this: more exciting in terms of like matchups too, though. I will say this: I think the Islanders, even more so than the Penguins right now, out of the Penguins, the Panthers, the Sabers, the Caps, and the Sens, I'll even throw the Red Wings in there. I think out of all those teams, I think the Islanders have the best chance to upset Boston strictly because of goaltending. Sorokin could frustrate the shit out of them. That's true. And I would love to see it. I mean, I really would. But at the same time, I think there are a lot of cooler matchups that we could get. And I'm kind of pulling for those. Like I said, Buffalo, that'd be so fun to get them in there. But Ottawa would be fun, fun too. It would be. I think think Boston Islanders would just be a a brawl. Like Matt Martin and Clutterbuck just beating the wheels. Is Barzil supposed to come back? Do we have an update on that? I haven't heard. He's gotten the uh, Robin Lehner injury report. Right. It's the NHL. So he's either dead or fine. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I think it could be interesting, but I get what you're saying. I'd rather see Buffalo or Ottawa, something like that. Uh, Let's move on to some teams who are struggling at the moment. The New York Rangers, they have just one regulation win in their last 12 games played. Uh, I was just on the icebox with Turk earlier today. Go check that on Twitter if you haven't. And he's even telling me, he's like, the Rangers suck ever since the trades went down. And I don't know if I'd say they suck, but they certainly don't look any better than before. Four, five, and one in their last 10. Um, That's not what you want to be when you just brought in Patrick Kane to probably the most loaded roster we've seen in a really, really long time. Uh, You're clearly pushing to win a Stanley Cup here. I I don't know. Um, hopefully this is, you know, if you're a Ranger fan, um, first of all, you suck. Second of all, um, <laughs> um, as, you know, as Kane scores while we're saying this, literally, um, you know, you're kind of hoping this is your adversity now. So, yeah. Mac thoughts. Yeah. I mean, this is a tough one. I, I would agree with exactly what, what Nick just said. Hopefully if you're a Ranger fan, that's the adversity that you're facing. Like we just talked about, I don't really think that they're going to move much in the standings, but it definitely does something in terms of like going into the playoffs and just not having that momentum where you like, you want to, you want to come off a, a hot finish to the season and roll into the playoffs, feeling good about yourself as a team. They actually moved Panarin and Kane apart. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I was watching the Pens game on Sunday, and they were talking about it. They were forcing so many passes to each other. They ended up sticking Kane on the third line with Lafreniere and Heedle, and then they were shuffling it around. So, yeah, I don't know. Something something seems off there. Igor has not looked like last year Igor at all. Yeah. So well, it's four one Rangers right now. Yeah. So. Oh, so they're fine. Okay. Thanks yeah. for thanks for your Caps getting their confidence back up. Yeah. You're Seriously. Welcome. 
Appreciate that. Um, all right, Tampa Bay. They are two five and two in their last nine games. Uh, what the fuck is going on with Tampa? We we actually had the same segment last week. It feels like nothing's gotten any better. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe they shouldn't have traded all those players to and from the Rangers. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, Vassy is struggling, uh, just like Igor, two Russian goalies who dominated the league last year. They're not living up to the same expectations as this season. I say all this, and Igor's second in the league and wins, but still. Um, I, I don't know. I can't figure this team out. I mean, it's hard to – I feel like it's just hard to stay I'm, at the top of your game for that yes. long. I'm significantly less worried if I'm a Lightning fan than I am if I'm a Ranger fan. Really? That's an interesting comment. Yeah. What, why, like what, what drives that feeling for you? Cause like, even like for Tampa, like you've been through adversity through all three of those, you know, those two cup final runs, the one cup run. And then the year before that, the conference final run you had against the caps. Yeah. So that core relatively knows how to deal with that kind of stuff. Whereas sure. that Rangers team is kind of on the up and up, you know, and opposite yeah, and sides still- of the mountain. I mean, this is just my stubborn Caps fan like vibe of having had to go through so much pain and misery recently before winning the cup. And I'm like, yeah, I know like you guys thought you had it last year, but like that's not enough. You definitely need to get yeah. like a like a first round exit or something, like just to really be like, Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, it's not your time. Yeah. You're you're not going. <laughs> yep. One guy who I have not been super critical of, but I think is deserving of some criticism here is Steven Stamkos, the captain of the team. You know, they've been in a, I'd say a five to six game stretch where they've just been bad. He hasn't scored a goal in seven games. And in his last six games, he only has two assists. That's it. I feel like I could put up those numbers on the bolts, right? I mean, that power play too. I'm looking at his shots. Dude, he doesn't have over three shots in two weeks. And they, um, uh, we talked about this last week. They ended mm-hmm. up benching him and Point and uh, Kucherov, Kuch. correct? Yeah. I don't know. Stammer's just not shooting right now. He's not shooting. He's not scoring. That's a guy who's got to get going. He's your captain. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, they rely on him. They rely on Kucherov to produce. And I feel like when they don't, that team just really, really hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Reminds me of uh, my comments of Johnny T last year for the Leafs. Remember, I was going at him, and then he ended up scoring like two goals the next day. Yeah, yeah. you might aw- you might awaken the beast. Yeah. I think I did. I think I did. All right. Well, we are going to toss it off to Corey and Garrett for the March Madness preview. I uh, just want to thank them again for coming on. Uh, this will be about a thirty minute preview, and then we will move on afterwards to the gambling part, NHL related of the episode. So, without further ado, we're going to toss it off to Corey and Garrett right now. All right, everyone. It's now my pleasure to welcome on two very special guests, two empty betters. We have good friends of the program, and I would say guys that have been there since the beginning of the show. Corey Goldstein, Garrett Szymanski, joining the program to talk some March Madness. What's going on, boys? How's it going? Let's go. Thanks. Thanks for having us. You got it. Well, we're fired up to have you guys here. Uh, Just to give everyone a little bit of background, uh, you guys met Harrison and myself when we were in college. 
Um, we could talk at length about, you know, some of the times we had there, but that would probably be the last episode of the show. So we're just going to go ahead and ignore that. But um, you guys are huge college basketball fans. Um, Corey, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into basketball and where your collegiate basketball allegiances lie? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I've been a basketball fan probably since I came out of the womb. Always been a player my whole life. Uh, my whole family's big basketball fans. Um, with my dad being from Maryland, we've been Maryland fans my entire life. And then we support the Tigers after um, after our four fun years there. So outside of those two, just being huge fans. Um, I also love Gonzaga. I know I talked about that a few years ago, um, but I'm still staying up till like 1130 at night to watch them play meaningless games. So love Gonzaga. We'll see how they do this year. But, you know, good to see them in the field again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so similar to Corey, I grew up playing basketball pretty much when I was really young. Um, my dad, being from Indiana, like the home of basketball, I, obviously he got me into it early. Um, I grew up playing rec and travel. Uh, he was my coach for travel. Um, and then I ended up playing uh, in uh, high school for Delaney, uh, Baltimore County. So I'm just a huge, huge college fan because I feel like I playing high school basketball. I feel like you can relate to the college game, um, and not really NBA. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of stick to just college, and uh, I just love how exciting it is, and like all the games seem to be close, and how like the the fan environment is just awesome. So it's so much more like impressive in my opinion well maybe right. not impressive but like enjoyable to watch definitely not as impressive but yeah yeah not <laughs> as impressive. more enjoyable to watch yeah. taking college basketball is that people hate watching it because everybody misses shots all the time but i think that's what makes it more fun <laughs> especially as a gambler because we're sitting here like all oh, this team should win by 20 and they shoot 15 percent from three so yeah <laughs> I was going to say, uh, one of my best basketball related memories with the two of you is probably Harrison and I standing at the side of your intramural basketball games, either about to be drunk or somewhat already drunk, just yelling nonsense at you guys. But, um, do you guys have any like good March madness memories? Like growing up, is there one that sticks out in your mind of like, when you think of this tournament, you think of, you know, that shot or whatever it is. Yeah, I can start because you'll be really happy with this one. Um, when Maryland played Michigan State, um, I, I wish I remembered what year it was. I was in the middle of like a championship game for travel basketball and the game was going on at the same time. And all of a sudden I looked to the side of my brother is just like crying his eyes out. Oh, like, no. I'm like, what could have happened to this kid? He's like getting taken out by my mom. And they're like, yeah, Maryland just lost on a buzzer beater. Oh, is it the Corey Lucius one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a great play. That's the same play they ran for uh, Villanova years ago, a few years ago, too. So heartbreaker. But that definitely when I think about the tournament, I think about that shot every time. That was a yeah, good I was one. With, like when Jordan Williams was on the team for Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. We were sick that year. We we should have yeah. made a deeper run. Probably should have won yeah. that game, too. So for me, being an Indiana fan, when I could really get into it, like, 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 like middle school um they were like kind of in a really rough time with kelvin sampson sanctions leaving and they like won like one big 10 game but i really got into it um in like 2012 when christian watford hit that buzzer beater against kentucky yep when they were ranked number one like i just like i remember that like it was yesterday um 
and that year, like it was Cody Zeller's freshman year and we weren't expected to do anything, but we started out like 17 to no. we were a four seed. We made it to the sweet 16. And then the following year, uh, we were preseason number one. We earned a one seed that year. Um, I made the sweet 16 game, but lost to Syracuse in that damn zone. So, I mean, I don't have very, that very fond memories. So hopefully to change that this year, but yeah, we'll see. That um, I remember that one. That one is probably one of the best court storms in all of sports of all time. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, one of those great calls too. I think it used to start like Seth Greenberg's podcast. It was like Watford for the win. That yep. was one of the yeah calls. And then Dickie V, unbelievable. Of course, <laughs> wouldn't be March without Dickie V. Yeah. I love Dickie V. Um, moving on here. Any surprises or disappointments from you guys for the just from the regular season? You know, maybe someone you thought coming into this tournament that was going to be seated a little bit higher, or certain blue blood blood programs that maybe didn't make the tournament at all. Um, you know, I'm pretty mad about Rutgers not making it. I mean, if I was them, I would be. I don't. If I was a fan of them, I I think I'd be like, I don't even know, man. Um, that that game against Ohio State where they. I forget, what did happen in that Corey? Like they stepped out of bounds and then he was the first yeah. one to touch it. Yeah, so now everybody's beater. calling them a cheater for winning that game. <laughs> yeah. So they got robbed there. And I don't yeah. know. They were just had a much better resume, in my opinion, than like Nevada and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think Clemson too. I was listening to a podcast today and they had beat NC State three times this year by a total of like 65 points mm-hmm. across wow. the three games. And Jesus. NC State some, somehow found their way in over Clemson. And I think Clemson was ranked most of the year. So I think it shows a lot. Like Duke being a five seed, they're playing like a probably a two seed right now. So it just mm-hmm. shows like the ACC being pretty down with some some solid teams there too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that we've seen a lot of over the last five, six, seven years. Uh, any just overall value pick favorites here coming to the tournament for you guys? I know you guys like to dabble in the gambling stuff as well as we do. So is there anyone on that board at all that's jumping out at you? Yeah, I mean, I think my first one is probably, um, I really like Furman. I feel like I know that Tony Bennett's been there before and I know he definitely got his redemption after they lost the game. Um, but Virginia's without their best big Ben Vanderplas, and I feel like Furman is just experienced and they know how to deal with a team like like Virginia. They also play slow just like Virginia does. So I think Furman plus five, I think that's a ton of points against Virginia in the first round. So that's my favorite one. Yeah, I'm kind of mad at myself. Like I've filled out my bracket and I don't like it's just hard for me to see upsets, even though this year seems like it's wide open. Um, but I I think I'd have to go with Charleston over San Diego State. I mean, they just find ways to win. Um, and like the Mountain West, I just don't view them highly as they went 0-4 in the tournament last year. And I think they're getting five and a half points. And the game is in Orlando. So San Diego is like coming across like the whole country. And, and I saw something on Twitter. It was like fade the tra- the, the mileage. So I, <laughs> that just made me like that even more. Love so. It. I think I'm going to take them. And then I also, this, sorry if this is getting ahead of ourselves, but I had like some value picks to reach the final four. I didn't really have like certain like um, like upsets in the front, like in the first round, but if we, we can get to those. Yeah. yeah. Lay them on me. Yeah. So I just want to start out with Marquette. I know Mac will like this, but <laughs> <laughs> this is why I wanted to get to the most. 
for them to reach the final four. I, I got it at plus four twenty five on DraftKings. Like I just took that personally. Um, so I just wanted to say, like, besides Alabama, I think Marquette has the easiest road to the final four. I mean, that might be a hot take, but you see the Purdue is the one in their region and I mean, they have Zach Eady, like he's the beast, going to be national player of the year, but they have start two freshman guards and Braden Smith and um, Foster Lawyer, I think that's his name. Um, and they just are, they're, they just like turn the ball over down the stretch. And I feel like you need to have good guard play to, to advance in March. And like you've seen it against, I've seen it happen against Indiana twice. Indiana beat them twice. Just wanted to let everyone know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that Purdue team fell off a lot towards the end of the year too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind, I guess, I, don't know, I was and wasn't surprised to see them still come out a number one seed. I mean, it kind of makes sense at the end of the day. But I think they earned it, but they're just not as good as like a Marquette in my opinion. Yeah. As soon as I saw they were the one seed in, uh, in Marquette's side of the bracket, I was, I was fired up. Cause I thought the same thing. I was like, that could, you know, assuming we can even win a fucking tournament game, which I'm not <laughs> convinced we can yet, but, uh, yeah, potentially down the, down the line there, if we get there, that could be advantageous to us. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I agree. I think Purdue could probably lose three times within their first three games. Like, I, agree. I mean, I, they'll definitely win the first game, but Memphis is so hot. I mean, they're the only team yeah. that's competed with Houston at all this year. So I feel like that's that's really important, especially because they won on, on neutral court too, not just at home. Yeah, so I, would, I like debating taking Memphis over them if Memphis advances. Um, so then you go to the three in that region, which is Kansas State. And I feel like they're a little overseeded. Um, I mean, they had a great year in, in the Big 12, the best conference in the nation this year. But they've lost uh, six out of 11 since the start of February. So I don't see them going far. I have them losing to Kentucky in the second round. And then you jump to the four seed, Tennessee. I mean, it's pretty well known. Tennessee just has trouble scoring. And they lost their point guard, starting point guard to injury. So I think they're going to have a rough time. Um, if they played any other 13 seed, I might have had Tennessee losing, but I don't think Louisiana is anything special. And then Duke, this is the interesting one. Duke, Oral Roberts, like, I mean, Duke's hot, but like, I feel like everyone has Duke in the Final Four. Every time I turn like ESPN and someone has Duke in the Final Four, and it's like, because you it's can't over, yeah, you can't overlook Oral Roberts. Like, they could very easily <laughs> lose that game. And I think whoever wins that Duke Oral Roberts game is going to be to the Sweet 16, if not the Elite Eight. So, wow, I just, I just love Marquette to advance to the Final Four. There, I think Shaka Smart's due for a nice little run. At the bit right now. Yeah, I was, well, I was going to say I was super tempted to take Oral Roberts over Duke. I'm just like scared to do it because if I'm wrong, then Duke's probably, like you said, they'll probably make it far, and then it's going to like totally screw my bracket. But. Yeah, no, Shaka, Shaka's a man, great coach. I've loved what he's done with the team. Coach Wojo can go fuck himself. I hate that guy. <laughs> I wish I like actually went to the school during this era of market basketball because I'm jealous at all the fun they're getting to have, but it's uh it's definitely good to see. Yeah, I think the funniest thing, like I was at the Big East Championship on uh Saturday night. I just figured yeah. you know, I'm close enough, I might as well go. Yeah, it was buzzing with Marquette fans. I thought it was mm-hmm. awesome. Like you guys have such a sick team, and Tyler Kolak is incredible. But Love the that man. Thing, 
like you guys being from like the Wisconsin fans is like they're cheering so hard for Marquette and then Xavier like has a great pick and roll and the fans are like damn that's such a great play like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the Midwestern nice comes out yeah it's it's funny for sure it was weird to me that that was the only game Marquette <laughs> played in that entire Big East tournament that like wasn't hard or like wasn't a good like was not a good game overall like they beat everyone else by like two points and i was like had my heart in my mouth like the whole game and then like five minutes into that one i was like oh okay i think we won <laughs> like yeah i think the spread was two and a half and at halftime it was like 11 and a half and i was like there's yeah. no stop that they get back at this game yeah. so i obviously took both they looked so bad i always like wonder what do you think that does for a team like how do you expect xavier to rebound from something like that it like do you think that they're just gonna like like peter out and die or do you think they come back t- like hard after like a basically no show performance like that yeah i mean i think the best stat i saw on twitter i was talking to my brother today is that 10 out of the last 12 teams that have won the championship have not won their conference championship all right so wow. you know you said i did see that at, one yeah and then i look at my final four and i have like three teams that won their conference <laughs> 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 so like I, and i knew that stat going in but yeah. it's just I kind of hit my bracket. <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel like I I was on a few years ago and like I got, I think I was three for four in the final four. And then the next year, I think I maybe got one team. So yeah. just so like sometimes you just don't have a feel for it. Yeah. Corey, do you have like any, uh, any value pick for final four finals straight out, like champion of the entire thing that you like? Yeah. So I've been on TCU since the beginning of the year. That's been like one of my favorite teams. Um, like I was saying, guard play is so important, and they have easily one of the best uh, backcourts in the entire country with Mike Miles and Damian Ball. So I actually think they have a pretty solid path to the Final Four too. Um, I like I hate to say it, but Gonzaga is like so overrated right now, like so overvalued. Another one on ESPN that they're saying is is a Final Four favorite. Right, and, like they just have not been that team all year. They don't have like that guy anymore, that guard. So. I don't know. I don't know what you think, Eric, but I'm just like not I'm not high on Gonzaga. And I think TCU to the final four, TCU or UCLA out of that bracket, I think are are my two favorite. Uh, I'm glad you said UCLA. I was talking to Nick about this before you guys hopped on. And like for me, when I'm filling out a bracket, you know, you fill it out the first time kind of from the hip gut reactions. And then like I'll I'll always kind of go back and be like, all right, let's see if like in an alternate reality, though, like what. (laughs) And it seems to me like this, like every year there's always like one team that no matter how you're like thinking it just like ends up in your final four every time and you're like fuck i can't really see a way like this team doesn't make it deep and for me this year it was ucla like every time i try to refill out the bracket i still have them like pretty deep and i think a big part of that is because of jaime Hawkes. yeah i mean I'm, i agree with Corey. i think tcu is is playing so hot right now um I just didn't have them advancing far because that that region is so stacked. They have the best two, the best three, and the best four there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I had UConn coming out of that. Um, at, at plus five hundred, you could get that. But mm-hmm. I, I think TCU, it, like I agree, that's going to be great value too. If you if you want to get TCU at like maybe a Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight, because um, UCLA is. And Zaga are there, but UCLA, they just, they're missed. Like, they, uh, their best defensive player just got injured. So, like, that's going to hurt them. Uh, I love the 5 12 matchup. 
in that quadrant of the bracket, though. The St. Mary's VCU one, I'm absolutely going all in on the Rams for that. <laughs> that was a fun game on Sunday. Like, they were down 14, I think, in the second half. And within four minutes, they were up by six. I had yep. no idea how it happened. But another one with a sick point guard, um, A.J. Baldwin's a stud. So, yeah, I love it. St. Mary's is another one that's been, like, so great all year and, like, another one that didn't win their conference tourney. But I don't know. I feel like they just play too slow, and it, it's yep. too big of a team to get right. Like, TCU's just too fun. Yeah. So let's put you both on the spot. I'm assuming you guys have filled out a bracket by now, or at least one, if not ten. Um, give me your final four, and then give me – who you think the champion is, and then we will speed bag the uh, the first round matchups, aka fill out my bracket that I hope I win in the work pool. <laughs> cool. Corey, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, all right. So my final four is um, Alabama, Houston, Duke, and UCLA. Okay. Um, my championship is Alabama versus UCLA, and right now I do have UCLA as my champion. I think they wow. Just- Let's go! Uh, I'm not crazy. I have them too. <laughs> I have them winning. All right, streaks of 12 games and 14 games this year, and like they do get caught. They they start a little bit slow, but Hawkes is just too good, and Tiger yep. Camp just like holds the ball the entire game, and it's just so hard if you're trying to make a run on them. They've got the chemistry too. They've got some veterans on that in that lineup for sure. Yeah. The injury definitely scares me a little bit, but I mean, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the bracket and that is a hard region, but I feel like whoever gets out of there can definitely uh, win the championship. All right, Garrett, your turn. All right. So I have Alabama, Texas, Marquette, and UConn. Um, I just think Bama is just too talented and good defensively. And Brandon Miller's probably the most talented player in the nation. Um, I kind of hate it, though, because it's the overall number one seed, but I just think they have an easy path there. Um, and then I have so Marquette. I told you why I love Marquette. Uh, UConn, uh, I just like that. I put them there, honestly, because they didn't win their conference tournament. I was like, I need to have one of these. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, they would take Kansas in the Sweet 16, but who knows what's happening with Bill Self? And then... I don't know, Corey, if you heard about McCuller, but he's injured. So I kind of, I think he's injured. That's what I've heard. Um, yeah, he, I, don't I know. think he was out in their game that they lost against Texas. So you can yeah. obviously see how important that is for them. Kansas been, had a couple of questionable moments down the stretch, too. I wasn't yeah, totally Yeah, they got killed by them. Texas twice. Yeah. Texas is scary. Like, that's a team that could easily win the championship. But I think this is like one of the toughest crops of 15 seeds we've had. And, like, Colgate is just one of those teams that is just, like, so put together to beat a team like Texas. Like, they always have that target on their back. Give me a Texas Marquette championship for uh, Shaka to get (laughs) a revenge game in, please. Oh, I would love that. Texas, VCU, and uh, Marquette all in the Final Four would be incredible. (laughs) Havoc everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that Midwest region, the top right where I had Texas come out, like, that's the one I'm least um, confident in. I think literally anything could happen in that region. You have A&M as a seven, and I had been really high on them. Like They got snubbed. They should be a five, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, A&M could beat Texas in the second round. Um, so, yeah, I just think anything could happen there. Who's your uh, championship matchup? Oh, I had um, Alabama versus Texas, and Alabama winning. <laughs> Okay. All right. Sounds good. 
Um, if you guys, we'll put up a graphic on uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. We'll recap that. Uh, we'll hold you to it. So that's always fun, right? Um, well, Tuesday we'll, night. That's great. <laughs> yeah. We will uh, we'll speed bag the first round here. Nick, I'll let you uh, read these off because we all know my pronunciation is very off. Um, so I'm assuming you're both going to be taking Bama in their 116 matchup here. Mm-hmm. Um, 8-9, Maryland, West Virginia. I'll let Corey go. Terps for me. What? Who'd you say? Oh, Terps. I got Maryland. Okay, I had West Virginia, and I'm I'm probably gonna take them minus two to start the tournament. Yeah, Ooh. I have to do Snapchat on Saturday. I, <laughs> that, I don't know why that just like hit me so deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was a little too, little too many uh modellas yeah. in me. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Five twelve, San Diego State and Charleston. Uh, I got Charleston. Me too. Uh, Virginia and Furman. Uh, UVA. Me too. Uh, Creighton, NC State. Um, Creighton for me. Yeah, I feel like historically you want to take a couple of 11s, but I have Creighton here. Yeah. Uh, Baylor and UC Santa Barbara. Uh, I got Baylor. Baylor. Hardly newer. Uh, Missouri <laughs> and Utah State. Uh, Utah State. Love that team. Yeah, I have Utah State as well. Yeah. They're coached by um, U- UMBC's coach from a few years ago. So a guy oh, okay. Nice. In the tournament. Um, and then Arizona-Princeton, the 215. Yeah, I got Zona. Yep, same. Nice. Uh, let's go over to the East. I'm assuming both on Purdue and their 116. Uh, yep. No, Texas Southern. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a tough one. I know Memphis has been really, really hot lately, but an eight nine with them and FAU, where do you guys lean in that one? I think Memphis for me. Yeah, me too. Uh Duke and Oral Roberts gonna put you guys on the spot here. I'm really curious to see what you have, Corey, but I, I have Duke, unfortunately. Yeah, I have Duke too. That that team's really scary. They actually have a dude that's like seven four. Also, he looks just like Edie. Uh, Oral oh, Roberts. That'll be really fun for Duke to deal with. Uh, Tennessee and the Raging Cajuns. Uh, Tennessee. Nice. Yeah, Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky and Providence. Providence. Yes, let's go. I have Kentucky. Um, love me some little roadie action. Uh, Kansas State and Montana State. Um, I have Kansas State, but one of my best bets for the week was Montana State plus nine. I think it's down to close to seven and a half now. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a team that'll that'll probably cover. Nice. Uh, Sparty and USC. Uh, USC. Okay, show's over. I have Michigan State. <laughs> I'm probably going to take them on the spread as well. I think oh dear God. Two. Best of luck with that. Uh, Marquette <laughs> and Vermont. Yeah, I got Marquette. Yeah, Marquette. All right, going over to the Midwest. Houston and Northern Kentucky. Houston. Houston. Iowa and Auburn. Tough one. I took Iowa. I wasn't really sure on this one. Yeah, these teams are like just both not great. I, had, I have no idea, but I took Iowa. I hope Good their answer. shooting shows up. True, which it could. Uh, five and twelve, Miami and Drake. I got Drake. That's my loyal Chicago <laughs> this year. Have that. Let's go. That's a very popular pick. Um, I'm torn. I don't know. I'm gonna wait to see. Um, if their big man for Miami's back, but 
I think I lean Miami right now. Gotcha. Uh, Indiana and Kent State. Uh, <laughs> I got IU. I'm taking IU. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got IU there. I think that's like the game that scares me the most. I think if we win that game, we can make the Elite Eight. I love our matchups, but going um to get to the Elite Eight, but yeah, we just gotta get past that game first. We need some momentum. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Iowa State, and then I think it's either Mississippi State or Pitt uh, for that 11 spot. Yeah, as of now, I'm taking the 11. Iowa State lost one of their best shooters pretty late in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably if Pitt doesn't win, I'll probably change it because I think Pitt will win. But yeah, that's my pick for now. I I think Mississippi State's gonna win ugly and against Pitt and Iowa State. That if they play Iowa State, that's gonna be like a 50 to 51 game. Yeah, so. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Xavier and Kennesaw State. I got Xavier. I have Xavier, but I think it's going to be close. I'm taking Kennesaw State to cover. I think it's like at 11 right now. After uh, how shitty Xavier looked against Marquette, I, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, they, <laughs> they match up well with them, and um, Kennesaw State's played like three power six teams, and they've kept it close, so I think they keep that rolling. Uh, A&M and Penn State. It's a tough one for me. I, I ended up taking AM. I think Penn State was more like that Georgetown run from a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I like AM. Yeah, uh, me as well. Texas and toothpaste you. <laughs> I got Texas. Yeah, Texas. Uh let's go down to the West. Uh Kansas and Howard. Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Uh Arkansas, Illinois. Arkansas. I'm taking Illinois. Ooh. And the points. And St. Mary's VCU. I've been flip flopping. I'm on VCU right now, but that could change after I cuddle with my bracket tonight. Maybe. There I'll you go. <laughs> yeah, I have VCU. <laughs> nice. Uh, UConn and Iona. I like UConn. Okay. Oh no, I have UConn. Uh, TCU and then Arizona State or Nevada. I think it is right. Yeah, I like TCU. Same. Uh, Gonzaga or Grand Canyon? I'll take the Zags. Yeah, I have Zaga in my Elite Eight, so I'm taking them. Uh, Northwestern and Boise State. I like Northwestern. I, that's a tough one, too. I've heard good things about Boise. I haven't watched them much this year, but yeah, I like Northwestern. I have Boise State because I feel like I took too many Big Ten teams and they're just been so sus in the tournament lately. Because so bad in the tournament. Yeah, it's because yeah. the officiating is so horrible all year. They don't. They're not prepared to like play normal basketball. I feel yeah. like in the tournament. So. Yeah. Uh, last one: UCLA and UNC Asheville. Yeah, I, I like my champ UCLA here. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. I think that, that wraps it good. up, boys. Yeah, that was a good time. Nice. Got yeah, my whole first round of my bracket. Going to end up going 50% on that, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marquette's oh, going to lose to Vermont. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I, I feel the same way as what you were describing about Indiana, where it's like, that's the toughest game right there. If they can just like prove right. to themselves that they can actually win a fucking tournament game. Oh, yeah, exactly. Get some Dude, Scott was momentum. on the three point line in a defensive stance for like the <laughs> game. Oh, uh, like, how can I not back a team? Like he's on that, right? the he's on the court constantly. Every team we play, like all their fans on Twitter, are like get Shaka off the court. It's yeah. like, nah, he stays. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? He was here when you guys got here. I don't yeah. like. Um. 
any last crazy predictions you guys have here? Um, any big upsets you see coming at all, or just going to sit back and enjoy the chaos? Yeah, I mean, I think Drake could potentially be the Loyola this year. I think that's a that's a really good team. I think if anybody, any of like the double digit seeds are going to get deep, I think Drake has a good a good uh, chance to do it. Yeah. For me, it's Oral Roberts. I think their toughest game is going to be Duke. And if they get past them, I think they're breezed by Tennessee and Purdue. They match up well with Purdue. So, yeah, I could see the winner of that just making the Elite Eight. So I might look into the odds for that. Sounds good. Well, we really appreciate having you both on. We'll absolutely have to do it again next year. So thank you both once again, and have a good one. Yeah, thanks, boys. Thank you. See you guys. A huge thanks to Corey and Garrett for joining us. Two of the best guys you'll ever meet. Uh, it's Very nice true. that that we got them, you know, uh, to come on the show and and give their expert analysis. Um, if they feel so compelled to tweet anything, we will definitely be retweeting them throughout the tournament. So just once again, want to say thank you, and uh, let's see what Marquette, Indiana, Maryland, and Sparty can do here. There you go. That'll be fun. Do you have a Do you have a team you're rocking with going into the tournament this year? You know, I, I always I, – I was having this conversation with our a group chat of mine the other day. It's like since I didn't go to a huge school – or not even a huge school, but just like a, a sports school really, like it's kind of hard for me to get into college sports. Just And I know that's a common thing for people who didn't go to sports schools. But given how much I have been to Austin in the last like three years, it's kind of oh, like one of my on. home bases. I, I, I'll root for Texas. I, I've kind of adopted them as my team, so I'll, I'll root for them. Um, big B. John Robinson fan for football. I think the Ravens should okay. take him. People are going to kill me for that. But... You know what this reminds me of? What Harry's doing right now? This is like how my sister didn't like baseball growing up, and then she moves to L.A. and falls in love with baseball. And she's <laughs> and like, becomes you know a Dodgers I, fan. Yeah, she's like, I'll just adopt the Dodgers as my team. And like yeah. my whole family is like, you don't just get to pick the best team and be like, <laughs> right. I'm a fan of them now. <laughs> it's a it's a very casual fandom, I will say. Like, okay. I, I will watch them, but if they lose, I'm not like, oh, God. Like, you know. Like, would but you I, say, like, moderately inconvenienced when they lose? Not, e- not, okay. not even, really. Okay. It's, not, it's not like that. But, like, let's say, you know, there's going to be a ton of games on this week. I'll watch the Texas one over all of them. It could okay. be, you know, I, like Marquette might be on and I might switch, but I'll watch Texas because I'm just like, oh, I'm interested. Um, cool spot, cool campus. I'm a fan, and I like their colorway. Uh, and I like Jordan Spieth. So, okay, there, there you go. All right, let's move on to the gambling segment of the episode presented by Sharp Rank. Um, before we get to it, I think Mac has a word from them. Sure do. Yeah, if you don't have Sharp Rank yet, you should download it for Apple and Android. Basically, download the app. Make picks, track your picks in all the major sports. They've got college basketball and football on there as well. Uh, and you can just kind of keep yourself honest, keep track, climb the leaderboard. And it's a really fun way to kind of track how your gambling's going, compete against friends. You guys can follow us on there for our picks. Um, yeah, go ahead and download that. All righty, let's get started. So we're going to start off with Jack Hughes. Uh, if Jack Hughes is playing at home in the lovely city of Newark, New Jersey, haha, uh, he's definitely a good bet to be looking at for shot on goal props. This is a wild one. He has hit the over three and a half shots on goal in 13 of his last 14 home games. Uh, that's definitely a stat that I think is worth keeping in the back of your mind going forward. 
Um, another guy who's been great on the shot on goal props, Nikita Kucherov. He's had over three and a half shots on goal in eight of his last 10. Those two guys are playing right now, so those stats do not include the matchup going between those guys at the moment. Um, here's a fun one. Talked about this with Turk, and it's a weird time for the Yotes to be waking up, but, man, they have looked really good lately. They've covered plus one and a half uh, in five straight games. They've been a great underdog bet for the last, I don't know, week, and you would think that they'd be wanting Bedard, but I guess not. <laughs> but clearly Clayton Keller has other things in mind. Yeah, he's another guy I want to talk about. This this one will really blow your mind, and I had no idea that he was this hot. He has the second most points in the NHL since the All-Star break, only behind Connor McDavid. Yeah. He's ahead of McKinnon, Crosby, Kucherov, Dreisaitl. He's ahead of all those guys. Um, he's been an absolute tank for the Yotes here as of late. So definitely want to keep an eye on him um, for point props, maybe even shot on goal props, whatever floats your boat. I do have it written down here. Uh, McDavid has 35 points since the all-star break. Keller has 28. And then in third McKinnon has 25. So, wow. Yeah. He's not a, not a bad, like goal scorer prop too. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Mac, I think you'll like this one. This is one of your guys, I believe. Your big Alex Chason fan. Here's a really love this guy. Weird, funky Max Stanley stat. Cup champion Alex Chason to you. Yes. Um, he got called up from Detroit, I think, a week ago. TNT did a whole thing on it. He has a three-game point streak, power play point streak to be exact. Um, power play point props are juicy. I don't know if you've ever taken a look at them. He's plus 560 on a nightly basis to get a point on the power play. He's hit it three straight games. That's some wow. big money. So uh, that's a little weird, quirky one. Uh, and then lastly, we've got goal scorer props. Jason Zucker, the hottest guy in the NHL right now. I got to be honest. Uh, he has nine goals in his last eight games. He's always around plus 200 to score. That's that's easy money. Um, and then Rupe Hintz, uh, one of Nick's guys. He's got seven goals, in, seven goals in his last nine games. So those two guys are putting the puck in the back of the net. Um, Nick, I'll toss it off to you for a little who's hot, who's not around the league. Quick note before we uh, before we leave this segment if you're uh if you're in a fantasy hockey league right now it's probably playoff time for you like it is for me alex chase on is a great uh pick right now if you're in need of like a waiver wires guy for just a game or two see what happens uh he's literally played like harry said five games this whole season in the nhl and he's got two goals two assists um yeah he's he's putting up numbers right now so nice little tidbit all those other guys unfortunately are probably already taken i would imagine in most of your leagues so no luck there but chase on's a good one for a little little fantasy corner playoff tidbit there just really wanted to get in here that you were in the playoffs didn't you yeah i was gonna say oh, yeah. nice little subtle <laughs> yeah. there. just uh yeah did 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 anyone else from this podcast uh, <laughs> just just a, in that same league friendly reminder to, the, uh, to everyone yeah make thanks, it to man. the championship sorry right. not the championship yet yeah first round first yeah round. get through the shark party Exactly. Know, it's tough. I'm it going is, to lose. It's that tough. league, real quick. You guys we forget on. that whoever wins this league is coming on the pod. That yep. that was part of the deal. They win a bunch oh. of money and they get to come on the pod. So yeah, it's either going to be me or uh, Shark Party or Tom Fellers or Pat Regan, who by the way wow. is actually coming to visit me this weekend. So there that would go. be a great not not playing favorites, unbiased, but given that yeah. he was my old line mate, that would be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, Hall Fellers yeah. would be a good one too. Oh, he would, he would be. be a very good one. 
Yeah. I think Shark Party would too. I've never, I've never really had a long conversation with the guy, but I know he's a huge Sharks fan, and we've never well, had a Sharks fan on the podcast. Call him so. Shark Party, so that would be a so great I'm interview. Assuming his he, name's Kellen. His he name's likes Kellen. the Sharks. And he uh, likes to party. So his name yeah. is Shark Party. Okay. That's yeah. How he will it's be referred to. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, even worse when I text Nick about it. I just send a little shark emoji <laughs> with like the party ball. It's just a shark fin on a chorus party ball. Um, yeah. That uh, that league was an absolute gauntlet this year. Uh, shout out to you, uh, Kamish, for setting that up and dealing with all that bullshit, um, answering duty. everyone's uh, questions all the time. Um, but yeah, uh, let's do who's hot, who's not. Who's hot? Mini. 7-0-3 in their last 10. I mean... Cap- They're going to win this Cap- division? They might. And it doesn't make sense because Kaprizov is out, but... Zuccarello looks possessed right now. He does. And someone else who is not too far behind him, who is also hot, is the Dallas Stars. They're 7 2 and 1 in their last 10. They've won their last three in a row. The Devils, same thing with them. 7 2 and 1 in their last 10, won their last three in a row. The Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights won six of their last seven. Jack Eichel with points in seven of his last 10. This was a guy would... we had talked about yeah. as basically being narcoleptic for the better half of 2023. So here's what I'll say. And I'm off the Vegas wagon. I pronounced that last week, but I think all of us wrote this team off here for a hot second. And all of a sudden they flip the switch and Eichel gets going. Aiden Hill has looked pretty good. Honestly, I don't want to say dark horse, but someone that I think people are sleeping on They're first in the division too, I think. And people are sleeping on them. Yeah, I might. Uh, I'm probably going to eat shit on this one because just a couple weeks ago, I was saying they're going to miss the playoffs because they're all their injuries and because of Jack Eichel sucking. Uh, <laughs> and none of that is true. So uh, definitely not going to miss the playoffs. And yeah, might win that division now. Yeah. Um, Turk, not a big Jack Eichel guy, if I remember correctly, right, Harry? No, he is. Uh, he is not. He doesn't like him very much. Yeah. Um, Mac, I think you're probably right. This team's definitely going to be making the playoffs here. I don't know. Until I see any kind of real result out of this team, it's still going to be all bark and no bite to me. It's, it, I don't know. Petrangelo's I, looked really good. Too. I do think the goalie thing is still an issue for you come playoffs if Logan Thompson is not healthy. I would Absolutely. probably, agree. I'd probably uh, agree with that. Uh, one last hot team in Pittsburgh Penguins, 7 2 and 1 in their last 10. Uh, who's not? Okay. Um, <laughs> San Jose, 2-7-1 and one in their last 10. They lost their last three. They have the fourth worst goal differential out of any team in the NHL so far this season. Please give them Bedard. I Just, want him to be a San Jose Shark. So bad. This is something that the three of us are in collective agreement about wanting to Please. happen. Like, just Please. make it happen. <laughs> So I don't know if you're paying attention to this, and so I'm going to fact check myself here real quick, but tonight is actually one game that's probably one of the biggest games of the year <laughs> that nobody's talking about. We have the Columbus Blue oh Jackets my God. versus the San Jose yep. Sharks, the two worst teams in the NHL, and they're playing each other tonight. And every t- every fan on their own Twitter like poll is like, please lose this game. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't it's blame them. And uh, what do we got? San Jose with 50 points and Columbus, Columbus with 47, but Columbus played two less games too. So that's, it really is a big game (laughs) to lose. How did the ducks fuck this up? 
like how did the ducks like magically get themselves yeah. four points ahead of the sharks? Because you're not gonna make Chica- that up. Now. Chicago is right there too. They're, yeah. They haven't quite <laughs> fucked it up yet. Either. I okay. Hear me out. I really don't want Bedard to the Hawks. I don't either. Like I you've had hit the Hawks. That'd be too easy. You jackets. just got rid you've of Patrick had Kane. You're like, like first oh, overall thank pick, you very much. and like. Yeah. That's so um, lame. Yeah. They're not going to let that happen. Sorry, Jackson, but yeah. we're not doing and that. Didn't I th- the Jackets have had a first overall pick. They had Rick Nash, right? Was he first? I can't remember. Um, Let's see. I'm going to look this up. I, other than him, I don't think they have. Um, Wierenski was kind of high, but he wasn't. He was really high, but he was like high. seventh, right? Rick Nash did go number one in That's the 2002 right. NHL draft. Wow. If you want to hear something, I'll read you the top five. We got Rick Nash at one, Carrie Lettinen at the Atlanta Thrashers. Wow. Jay Bomeister at number up oh, three, uh, Yanni Pickinen for the Philadelphia Flyers at four. And then this one always cracks me up Ryan Whitney to the Pittsburgh. Oh, Pink, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. So, oh man, um, yeah, yeah I would much rather have. I don't know. I, the Sharks haven't had a first overall pick, right? Uh Thornton was a trade. Marlo, Marlo's the only guy I could think of. Was he? He's top five. I don't think he was number one. He has to be top five. I think. I don't know if Anaheim's ever had one. I would be fine with the Ducks having one. Um. But I would really rather it not be Chicago or Columbus, please. Yeah, uh, definitely not Columbus. I definitely yeah. don't want that. Um, oh, Patrick Marlowe went number two. Ironically, in the 1997 draft, number one was Boston, who got Big Joe Thornton, and number two was San Jose, who got Patrick Marlowe. Wow, who ended up being teammates. Uh, also, Matt Irwin just scored a goal in a hockey game. <laughs> there Love you go. that. Hilarious. Uh, let's move on to the Flyers, eh? Yeah. All right, Philly, two seven and one. Their last ten, they've lost their last three, and then Montreal wraps it up for who's not hot. Since we already talked about Tampa and the Rags, they come in at two six and two in their last ten. As they're beating the Pittsburgh Penguins four to three while we're recording this and getting out thirty to eleven. So it's yeah. great. Love that. All right, let's do. Uh... Let's do state of the year. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, yeah. Let's do state of the union. Um, you guys start with the Caps first. Not good. Not making the playoffs. Um, How do you feel about no. that? Tell me. I'm honestly, I'm okay with it. I was gonna say, I feel like, I feel like this isn't the year to get upset over it. You know? No, you it, know, it really is. I'm a changed person, guys. In years past, there would have been a TV remote spike. There would have been cursing in the shower. There would have been maybe some sad weeping, um, you know, but the boys need a long off season. They need to rehab, rest, get out there, you know, have another kid, golf it up, enjoy your off season, fellas. Yeah, I'm kind of with it. The only thing I'd add is I kind of need this like last couple weeks of the season thing to just be over now because I... I can't physically bring myself to watch a Caps game and not want them to win really yes. badly. Totally agree. And uh, 
And I'm like, well, fuck. Like every time we lose, I'm like, shit, we really needed to win that one. (laughs) It just it ends up making me yell at the TV more because I'm like when deep in my heart, I'm like, I know we're not making the playoffs. Even if like we win like almost all of our the rest of our games, it's still probably not gonna happen. And I just yeah, I just need it to be over because I just I will say initial period impressions between you know the trade deadline and the end of this regular season i would say i'm still very positive on how these deals have gone i was texting with um our good buddy nick bowens from hockey collective uh yesterday a little bit about it he hit me up and was like so sandine not a bad move at all i'm like no not at all it looks really good right, right. He's, good. he's playing he's playing amazing honestly that i mean it's only a couple games i know but th- those games have looked very good. Yeah, he's been impressive. Love the age. I like the fact that this decor now with um uh you know the caps are upping TVR for three by three. We're now starting to see what this decor is gonna look like going into next year. You're gonna have Sandine, you're gonna have Jensen, you're gonna have TVR, God willing, a healthy John Carlson in there at some point. So I don't know. Got a question for the two of you. Don't need a long answer. Just need a little answer. Would you rather Alex Ovechkin break the Gretzky record oh, or God. you win another Stanley Cup with him as your captain, but he doesn't break the record? Oh, I need an honest answer. That is tough, but I have to take the second option. I have to. At the end of the day, personally, I would much rather see Ovi just win another cup and, and see that team win another cup. Yes, it'd be hugely disappointing, especially because anyone who's asked me about it for the last like two years, I've been like, you can literally bet $5 billion on it. He's going to break the record. And I would definitely look like a idiot if he didn't. But uh, before, before I comment, I want to hear Mr. Manella's thoughts. Yeah. I, um, it's a no brainer for me. It's the second cup. Um, okay. So you guys are actually being sensible. I'm hearing some fans are like, you know, it, it, like but, he already won a cup. See, and like, here's Dude. my thing though. Like, Ovi, in my opinion, does not need to break Gretzky's record to be the greatest goal scorer of all time. I mean, he's doing it against goalies whose pads are one to two inches wider than Gretzky's were. He's doing it against goalies who actively mm-hmm. play Drop the position down to their knees and don't of just like, like you stumbling know, around like they're on stilts. <laughs> go into cardiac arrest when the puck is at their feet, like you know they did in the eighties, but. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, he's already the greatest goal scorer of all time, um, without a doubt, in contention for the top five greatest players of all time, in my opinion. So I, I, I take the like, second cup, no brainer. I feel like the cup would escalate him higher in the all time ranks, more so than the record, if I'm being honest. Like, probably, yeah, absolutely. I think it would prove something to a lot of people that still have doubts. Yeah. I, I think just people curious. just want to see the the goal record be broken. That's a, a sports record that no one thought was ever going to get touched. Well, here's hoping that we get at least one of those things, right? It would really yes. suck if it was no <laughs> cup and he doesn't break the record yeah. either, either. So, yeah. Yeah. That uh, TV I, show would suck. <laughs> All right. Penn's State of the Union, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. You would honestly think that this entire team is falling apart if you looked at Penn's Twitter. It's chaos. I mean, like, Benito going, going, man. <laughs> and that'll wrap up this episode of <laughs> It's just funny to me how they uh, think, like, 
the team's in shambles. I'm like, I mean, listen, they could be playing better. I'm not gonna lie, but I enjoyed your profound recollection of Alex Nylander the other day on Twitter. That was good. Um, yeah, and I bet him again today. Um, we'll see what happens. He's the one guy I would keep betting. He, he looks like he's gonna score. He's he's chomping at the bit. I feel um, like I remember I, I told you this when that trade went down. Like that's just such a typical guy the Penguins pick up, and then they make his career. Well, it's an, he hasn't really like scored yet, so pump the brakes a tiny bit. But right. he has looked infinitely better than cardio master Brock McGinn or Kasperi Kapanen, and I don't know why it took until March for this to happen. But he looks pretty good. Um, Zucker, he's an animal. Uh, that's really all I have to say about you know players on the team at the moment. Tough stretch coming up. They're playing Montreal as we're recording this. They're losing 4-3 at the second intermission. Hopefully they turn that around. Then they got two games in a row at Madison Square Garden, and then they have a home game against Ottawa. Um, and then our next recording, um, they'll have another set of games in Dallas and Colorado. So not the easiest schedule coming up. Um, no. And especially with Mac saying that playoff stat earlier, like they don't play playoff teams well lately. So – We'll see a lot, what of, um, a lot of travel in there, too. Um, I know that yeah. these guys are used to it, but we're now in March, mid-March of the season. They've been doing it for a while. These miles only add up. They do. And I just, God, I have PTSD of penguins wearing white in Madison Square Garden. Like, I just don't need that in my life this weekend. But you know what? We'll work through it. So We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, if you guys don't have anything else, then we'll wrap up here. Any final notes? Go yes, green. No, maybe so. There you go. Nick, who's winning the go tournament? Marquette. Go oh, Marquette. Who's winning the tournament? The whole damn thing. I didn't put you in the spot during the interview. Oh, God. Don't overthink it from the hip. Kansas. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Mac. Very interesting. Mac, if you didn't have to pick Marquette. UCLA? I, I said it oh, on right. the you uh, said that. thing. I, yeah. I'm big on UCLA. You did say I'm that. I'm a baby. I just, I feel like Grady Dick is going to have a huge game, a very firm and hard game for Kansas at some point. For for Gravy Dick. Grady Dick, him. yeah. Yeah, yeah Gravy <laughs> Dick. Um, all right, sounds good. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate the love and support as always. And once again, thank you to Corey and Garrett for joining us. Uh, we will see you guys next week. And without further ado. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.